1: Over everything that's happened recently, it's a lot to be said. People are falling on either side of the coin or they back the reports that were out there, the concerning reports that were out there about the way things were handled, about that being a national search and ending up with the offensive coordinator they ended up with. How do you feel about it? I'm just saying. There were two sides to the coin. You had the email Jack Swarbrick sent out, the reaction from Notre Dame fans. And then you have fans that reacted and supported Jack Swarbrick and and swore that Notre Dame has told the truth about everything throughout this entire situation.
2: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
1: Well, we discussed it. But there was an interesting conversation brought to the forefront by Josh Payton, late kick with Josh Payton. And He talked about Notre Dame and he talked about, yeah, the alumni versus the actual Notre Dame fan. Very interesting. Let's let's check it out left, and then we'll we'll talk about what we think about.
2: Is it. It Indy? said, Late Kick Faithful here. Thoughts on the state of Notre Dame football? You had the Drod Parker internal hire. Matt Luke turns down the O-line job. It's not the only job Matt Luke's turned down. I just don't think he wants to get back in it right now, so that's not a shot at Notre Dame. Uh, Also, he said, future as an independent with all the conference realignment. What's going to happen? There's been some criticism as of late with the way that Notre Dame as a whole, as an entity, hired the Andy Ludwig Offensive Coordinator coaching search thing, and eventually it turns out that the athletic director, Jack Swerbrick has to write you a letter. Yes, that happened. He famously quoted Terrence Mann, who is the character James Earl Jones plays in Field of Dreams, and he told you that he appreciates your passion. Misdirected, though it may be, it is still a passion. That's what he tried to tell you i laughed you laughed everyone laughed but jack swarbrick he looked around and said what's everyone laughing about ivory tower syndrome so we still didn't really get to the bottom of it we we still really don't know what happened there a lot of people think they know so this is once again where we apply that skill that is so rare this day and age just say i don't know i don't know because marcus freeman has not spoken his mind on that and if he's a good soldier he probably realizes this is not a hill worth dying on I had to elevate my tight ends coach in a search that we once upon a time called a national search, which is usually an indication that that wasn't plan A, B, C, or D, but be that as it may, he elevated who he elevated. There is a big debate that happens all the time in Notre Dame circles, and it sounds a little something like this. Notre Dame alumni think that Notre Dame is a university with a football program attached to it. Subway alumni, as they would call them, I just saw this over on Irish Illustrated the other day, that's our 24/7 Notre Dame board. Subway alumni, in other words, those who didn't go to Notre Dame, but they root for Notre Dame, they would call Notre Dame a football program with a university attached to it. And then they clash. And then some alumni would say, "Uh, that is a bastardization at best of how we feel. And the subway alumni would say, do you realize how much money you make off of us? Everyone's right. And uh, so therefore, I'm not hating on you. I'm just saying when you tell me, which some of you do, that you're not interested in being Alabama, I listen to you. And I don't have a problem with it. You run your program and university the way you want to run it. I just come back when you get mad that there are budgetary limitations. Marcus Freeman gets told no on something Nick Saban doesn't get told no on because there's no one there to tell Nick Saban no and you get mad about it. I always look and I say, weren't you the same person who told me you don't want to be Alabama? See, the argument would go something like this. For the crowd that thinks Notre Dame is a university with an athletic appendage attached to it, they would say, we're not gonna do it like the big boys do down south. That way, yeah, it'll be frustrating and aggravating and the wins will be fewer and further between, but if we ever get one, it'll make it all the more sweeter cause we did it the right way, the Notre Dame way. I don't say this mockingly. I'm going to tell you for the third time. Thrice, I've told you. You do things the way you want to do things. I have full respect for it. But when we get into these kinds of conversations, that's what I remember. So should I expect Notre Dame to be as aggressive as an LSU would have been there or as an Oklahoma would have been? I don't expect that. Until further notice, I don't expect that. And as Bruce Hornsby would say, that's just the way it is. I still think they can win. I just think they have to thread the needle a little bit more. I remember when we had Brian Kelly on uh, the show last year or two years ago. He was the head coach at Notre Dame at the time, so it was two years ago. He said, candidly, I know going into a recruiting cycle, there are kids I don't even waste my time on that the Georgias and Floridas of the world are fighting to the nail against for. That's, that's a different set of circumstances. We've always known that. But it just it stands to be reiterated in arguments like this. So Notre Dame, look, I think that they finished the season really strong last year. I, I think the world of Marcus Freeman as a person, I don't think that I'm the best qualified to gauge whether he'll be successful as a coach, only because I think there's a lot outside of his control that will factor into that. That's really what it boils down to. There are just more external factors out of Marcus Freeman's control that are going to determine his fate than maybe someone at one of those programs down south. So if you can, if that's palatable for you, go Irish. There you have it. Look,
1: I know you got tired of us talking about it.
3: Definitely acknowledge the limiting factors Marcus Freeman is dealing with and and understanding those, you really see the difference of why it's a limiting factor in winning a championship. Recruiting is a very, very huge part of college football success. And in doing so, uh, the recruiting battle of a kid that's super talented, there are chances that there are other limiting things about the player that may not be a Notre Dame standard. But there's also things about players that may not be a lot of different school standards but when you're recruiting them for a specific purpose that can benefit not only the program, but in indirectly the school itself. I think Notre Dame has gotten very comfortable with the business model of things instead of the, the winning and competitive edge with things sort of similar to how the Dallas Cowboys are very comfortable getting close in no cigar very comfortable being close to a championship but not actually gaining a championship a lot of it is because they're the number one brand in sports regardless of a super bowl and one thing about notre dame that we all know is that that green ain't always for irish when it comes first so if they can continue to make a million off the bookstore every home game and be an 8-8 eight and eight team one year, a 9-win team one year, a 10-win team one year, and an 8-win team, and they still making a million off that bookstore. That's the win. That's the championship. The winning is the sauce on top, the whipped cream in between. Everybody knows the best part of the Oreo cookie it's not the center part. It's the cookie. Daddy, Daddy,
1: Daddy. Everybody whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody knows that. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
3: We'll we'll discuss that later. Go ahead. Go ahead. So because of that, we have sacrificed a lot of what other teams would sacrifice to win for the dollar. So I'm going to put it on the dollar because I don't want to take it deeper than that so
1: can i tell you what stood out for me people are already responding to your you know the cream not being the best part of the it's oreos not. you you're bugging bro yeah you're, you're you're tripping don't tell me
3: you get the oreos for the for the center
1: okay. the only the the, the <laughs> what is that the golden the golden, oreos, golden or oreos. okay yeah now i'll rock with that cookie but as far as the original Oreo, what?
3: come on, bro. You open it up, and the first thing you do is you eat the creamy filling. The first what? thing you do is scrape what? it off with the other side of the cookie. What? Why do you think they give you two cookies and one cream? So the cream can be in the middle. No, no, no. If you only have
1: one cookie, you can't exactly mark
3: it. The, the creamy cream in middle. The cream is to, the glue to the success on both sides. You need that cookie.
1: Okay, now you like the Twix, right? See, like the, the, see left, the left factory does it this way
3: and <laughs> the right factory does it that way. The Twix is different because they put what you want on the outside, which is that chocolate and caramel. That's what you get the Twix for. The cookie is that old surprise. Yeah, see, Shamrock and Shenanigans said is it perfectly.
1: That's why we buy the double stuff.
3: Because they didn't sell it for the cream. You got to buy double stuff because then you get the cream. You see what I'm saying? Dude. Why do you think they got Oreo Thins and that's the most popular Oreo? I have Oreo Thins right now.
1: Dude, Oreos are all about the same thing Wu Tang is about cream. Cream gets the money. Cream gets the money. Yeah, I hear that. Dollar, dollar bill. People don't get vanilla shakes no more. They get the cream. Unless you're talking about the penny cookies, Mm. the strawberry joints. Or oh, the lemon joints, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You used to okay. go to the corner stores of Shorty, yeah, They had the little candy cookies board, the little strawberry fro. Come on, LL Nation, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you need there's no cream filling needed at all. That's let right. Let me get let me get 15 of those and 15 <laughs> of those. Best cookies ever. Ever, Lucky Lefty podcast. So, let me tell you what stood out and what Josh Pay said. I'm not here to debate. I'm not do. I'm done debating that whole which side of the coin to fall on with what happened. I'm done. Number one, he said Marcus Freeman has not yet spoken his mind on everything. He can't. And if he's a good soldier, he recognizes that this is a hill he he should not die on. See, see what I'm saying? I'm glad somebody else from outside the program, right? Because everybody was like, Marcus Freeman told you the truth. He told you the truth. Man.
3: He can't die on that. He shouldn't die on that hill.
1: No. No.
3: Why? No. Not at all. It's going to, like we said yesterday, it's going to take somebody within the team to decide they want to win a championship because it's not going to come from the coaches or the administration. It's going to have mm-hmm. to be a, 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 an extravagant effort from the team where we get one of them years, where we get one of them players that's, that is the face of college football. Yeah. Yeah. We need a Michael Mayer in a different position. If we had yeah. a Michael Mayer at quarterback, we could win a championship. But it's if it comes down to us having all the, we're, we're the type to give you the 75-inch TV for free without the power cord. You know what we did, bro? Let me tell you what Sam Hartman
1: is. Let's say you and your brother was it were in the family business. And your brother was incarcerated for whatever reason. And when he's incarcerated, you as his brother, you go to console his girl. <laughs> and you end up marrying his girl. You couldn't get your own let see, that's Notre Dame, right? Because we've been begging for a quarterback, love. And we can't get our own. We can't recruit our own. We can't develop our own. But we Jones over somebody else. We have Wake Forest quarterback, bro. That's not our quarterback. Not, that's their quarterback. And Wake Forest had that. And we're sitting here going bonkers. Crazy. Over, over somebody else's girl. Over Ready somebody. to put a ring on it. Ready to put a ring on it, love.
3: Ready to, ready to, ready ready sign a dotted line.
1: Ready to claim, ready to claim her, and shoot the club up. Ready to claim her and shoot the club up, and have all stuff left. Man. Ready to build a family, and she don't even love us like that. It's a business relationship. Sam Hartman came here to improve his NFL stock. He don't love Notre Dame like that. We don't keep it a buck. It's a good. It's a very good business situation for Sam Hartman to come to Notre Dame. But we're sitting there loving him like he chose us, <laughs> like he came to us and said, "Man, you're the place I want to be." We're Sam, I wanna, we're I Sam spend Hartman. The rest of my college years
3: with you, Sam Hartman is. We're the boyfriend that Sam Hartman is making his other girl jealous with. <laughs> we make it. We making it. We making Sam Hartman look like the man to wait for. It's like we had that. Damn, that's like that's like Rihanna, right? Rihanna going from a scrub and dating up, and then they be looking like, "Damn, that's you could get that." We're we're not winning from the situation. Sam Hartman's winning from the situation.
4: Yo. It's not the
1: same. If Sam Hartman ends up in New York, people, you can disagree with me, it won't be the same. It's not the same as Bryce Young ended up in New York. It's not the same as CJ Stroud ended up in New York. It's not not the same same as 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 Deshaun and Trevor Lawrence ended up in New York. It's not the same. That's not our girl.
3: It's not our girl. We not ours. He might go up there. If he won the Heisman this year, he might go up there and talk about Wake Forest. He's definitely going to talk about Wake
1: Forest. (laughs) He's definitely going to thank the coaching staff and the fans. Without question, as he should. If he goes into the College Hall of Fame one day, he should go in wearing a Wake Forest helmet. Without question. (laughs) What are we talking about, man? This This is why I love what Josh Pace said, man. What are the expectations, though?
3: Because you can't have it both ways. He's only claimed can't, it to the championship. You, you can't that. have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't want tradition
1: and the education to be first and then complain about Jack Swarbrick. You can't do that. You can't. You can't say we don't want to be Alabama. But they didn't complain about Jack Swarbrick's letter. Is this or that?
3: Is this or that?
1: It's this or that? And honestly, whether you're an alum, a subway alum or just a fan, excellence should be number one for education and football in Notre Dame. Number one, it can work it can work it works for Duke and basketball does it not
3: does it not
1: does it not work for Duke and basketball why can't it work for Notre Dame and football why not why not I'm waiting tell me why it can't work is Duke not known as one of the top educational institutions in the country is it not is it not one of the top private institutions educationally, academically?
3: Is it not? You 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 damn near think of Duke basketball before you think of anything academic. They call their fans the crazies. What do they call Notre Dame fans? Maybe maybe
1: maybe you need to get a Chicago guy at Notre Dame. <laughs> maybe you need a Chicago guy to come in as a coach at Notre Dame. Maybe that's what's needed, left. Right. Because you know what Coach K did when he left? You know who his successor is? Another Chicago dude. (laughs) Out of all the great players he's had, all the assistants that he's had at Duke, you know who he turned it over to? Another Chicago dude. Maybe that's what's needed. Maybe you need a Chicago dude at Notre Dame in some capacity to show you how it can be done academically and athletically at the top in excellence. I don't understand. I don't understand.
3: Well, maybe, maybe – What if Coach K
1: said, we're not going to do it like North Carolina. We're not going to do it like Gonzaga. We're not going to do it like Indiana. We're not going to do it like Michigan. We're not going to do it like all of the Big East teams, all the Big East powers. We're not going to do it like them. We're going to do it the Duke way and win national championships.
3: Mm. They want to make Marcus Freeman like Mike Bray. Just be there for a long time.
1: Don't do that. Don't don't do that to him.
3: Take up the tradition. Don't do that to him.
1: Be don't the winningest
3: coach of all time. Don't do that. <laughs> so, where does Mike Bray compare to Muffin McGraw in 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 the in the spectrum of 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 great Notre Dame coaches? Because the difference would be what championships? That's it. Two championships. Is that the difference? Because Mike Bray's been hurting on recruiting for a long time. Ever since he had that special group?
1: (laughs) With Jaren. Yeah, with Jaren and that crew? Jaren and and then – And
3: and then Pat Connaughton and that crew? And and that's – but Pat Connaughton wasn't a number one player in the country. It was one of those things where that team those years – Zach August and all those boys really were special enough to get over that obstacle of we're not gonna give you the top of the top. We're gonna give you the best. We ain't gonna give you the top of the top. Right. What it takes to win a championship. But those group, that group of, those group of guys, though, during that time were top of the top where they play was and their production was. And we had a chance. We had a chance. We're going to need our players on the football team to be a little bit better than advertised if we if we want to see Marcus Freeman get a championship because we're not getting a Nolan Smith. We're not. We're going to get an Isaiah Fowski. And the difference between an Isaiah Fowski and a Nolan Smith, they're both great players. But one is different than the other player. <laughs> They might both be five-stars coming out of high school. But they're different players. <laughs> Isaiah Fossey's going to give you an all-time sack leader. But Dolan Smith's going to give you a championship. Man, look. And that's the difference.
1: And what makes it so crazy, left. People, it's still going over people's, I see the conversation is going over the heads of some people. These people are talking about, you know, basketball is easier. Dude, investment in excellence has zero to do with how many players on the roster. Your athletic director flat out told you in an email, we're unwilling to invest in excellence in football. That's what he said. That's if, what you told the fan base. I don't care if you're an alumni. I don't care if you're Subway alumni. I don't care if you're a Notre Dame fan. You should be infuriated by that. Period. You should be infuriated. I don't care if you want education first. I don't care if you want athletics first.
3: National championship was third on the list. Third. <laughs> With addressing the football program. Third. It was third. And the other two were not even tangible things. They're not even things you can obtain as on a goal list. Those other two things were moral compass deciding factors. Like, we're a good steward. And what was the second one? Something non-related to football. Both of the top two things were non-related to football. It was like a character thing. And then the third was championship. Now, how do you ever get the championship If you're always on the moral compass of things, on on your own moral compass, because you're calling yourself a good steward by not investing to a championship for whatever reason. I don't know how to even, the two are on the same level. So, once again,
4: it is absolutely foolish, absolutely foolish, to sit up here and defend as a fan in any way, shape, or form.
1: Because we're all the same. I don't care if you're an alum. I don't care if you're We're the same. We're the fans. We all get cheated. We're getting cheated. We're the same. We're the ones waiting 35 years for something to happen. And we want to sit up here and argue amongst ourselves like some goofies. Over who what should be first? And we should be athletics, we should be academics first and then athletics. No, we should be athletics first and then academics. And we're the ones suffering while they make money. Ivory Tower syndrome. They make
4: money and we argue amongst ourselves. It's the goofiest thing I've ever seen. It's goofy. And stop making excuses. Well, it's easier in football. It's easier in
1: basketball. Duke didn't invest in their football program until Dale Cutcliffe got there. They didn't. They did. But you know what? You know what Duke was? They were honest about it. See, I could rock with anyone. They that's were honest, honest about, about it. it. They was, was honest it. about it. David Cutcliffe made Duke invest in football, and ever since he's left. The program has been much better than
4: it was before he got there, period. If you invest, guess what happens?
1: Good things happen. Good things happen. So my disappointment, i am moved on from the disappointment of the people in administration and all that. I'm upset with the fan base because we should all be upset about the same thing. And we're sitting up here trying to protect academics versus athletics and athletics versus academics, suffering from the same symptoms, no championships. We all have the same symptoms as fans, no championships, none. But we want to sit here and argue across the room about the right way to do it. It's foolish. It's foolish. It's foolish.
3: Arguing about how to get it, not about how to get it done, but what's the right or wrong way to go about it? Not about going about it to get it done, but is it right or is it wrong going about it? That's the That's the craziest thing in the world.
1: Dude, I've never, man, do you know how, dude, you know what it's like and unto My daughter called me. My daughter called me from Rolling Loud this weekend, left. She called me from Rolling Loud. She said, Daddy, this is my first time going to a big concert like this. I did not know to be closer to the stage. I had to get VIP. This is how much VIP costs. Oh, it's ridiculous. You can send me the money.
3: On the spot, like via cash app, like real quick transaction, like just send it, no questions asked. I'll explain later, kind of, kind of request.
1: And because I only get great seats when I go to concerts, there was no way I was going to allow my daughter to be in the mosh pit at a concert. See? So I invested in her experience. And I wish the people at the top of Notre Dame cared about those under them the same way I care about my daughter and her experience.
3: Because the concert is not directly affecting you. So you don't have to get her out the marsh pit because she's at Rolling Loud. Do you know what I'm saying? Marcus Freeman, he can get to the playoffs. But are we going to be stuck in the marsh pit of being a fifth seed and then losing in the first, second round? Are we going to be in the mosh pit of being a 9-10 win team every year but not jumping out of that? Spend a couple more dollars. Get us in a nice section with this rope doll and see what we can do. You just saying because we in the arena, we should figure it out. It should be right there for us because we got to – no. Do a little more. It's crazy,
1: man. It's crazy. They literally have – I see this all the time. I saw it for two weeks when the mess was going on around, you know, surrounding Notre Dame football. And I just stood back and watched fans argue against each other. And we're all suffering the same thing. We're all suffering the same thing. And they love to see us argue.
4: They love arguing debate.
1: And they do nothing about it.
3: But drop a drop a letter to make it more. That's, it. That's all they do. That's all they do. Because either they're doing it on purpose or they're doing it because they're tone deaf. You know what you did. Why are you dropping a, a, a whole uh, a press release about it? <laughs> like we wasn't going. You made the moves, not expecting us to respond that way. What do you mean? The fan base was a championship. The coach was a link to get closer to that. You literally blocked it, and then you expect us not to be upset. So you either toned them by writing a letter saying, listen, it's not what it's really about. We're good stewards, we don't believe in championships without good stewardship, which means good stewardship means we're we're being frugal or it's something else. Please tell me it's just because y'all want to be cheap. Tell me it's because you want to be cheap because then I can understand.
1: Left, you can talk to that. I'm done talking about that. I just want us to be unified as a fan base. That's it. Stop all this foolish argument back and forth.
3: We can still be excellent and spend a couple more dollars on the football program. I don't understand how one has to suffer by just spending what we have. It's not like we don't have it and we got to pull away from academics and academia and prestige to get better in football. We don't have to do that. One doesn't have to suffer to increase the other side. When we have ample resources to do both, we're already increasing everything every year. Academics, we get a new building every year, a new course, a new resource. And in the football program, get what, turf? That's all we can do, turf? A hot tub? Man. An uh, indoor facility?
1: Sean and shenanigans says it perfectly. A- academics is not at any sort of juxtaposition with football excellence. That's total BS and a narrative in the administration loves to push. What did um, what it amount to? Another Kelly Ian e. Swarbrick Ian e. excuse. It, look, that's yeah. another thing. He flat out told you that Brian Kelly didn't even try to yeah. fight. Kelly told you he would try. And this goes back to what we said. I can understand not investing in a dude that openly said, I'm not even going to try to go up against Alabama and Georgia and the top dogs and recruit. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to go play golf. I'm going to play golf. I understand you not fully getting behind that coach, but you have a coach that is full steam ahead
3: for this university and this program. Doing it for y'all. He don't want to – you think you taking them trips because he just want to take trips? That's crazy. Trips to, to win games for the university. And then the university does things like let them do all that hard work and then tell them we're not letting you get that coach. And then after that, cover our ass for not letting them get the coach and say you don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. So that's the fan base. I'm talking about the fan base. Forget them. We have to be unified. Regardless of what side of the coin you're on, we gotta be unified. If you rock with academics first, that's fine. That's like me saying, that's like me telling my kids at church, call me Mr. Davis. (laughs) And then turning around the conversation with my friends later on at the house, that's fine, you can call me Sean. I'm still Mr. Sean Davis. I don't care how you, my name has not changed. I just have a preference on who calls me what, right? That's it. If Notre Dame has a preference on how they're seen by the media and how they're seen by athletes and students or whomever, fine. If you want a certain group of people to call you an academic school,
4: rock out. But do something so that
1: these young men in high school can look at Notre Dame as an athletic institution that wins national championships. Cause it can go both, week, go both ways, and it well, should long, go both ways.
3: How long does a guy? Well, how long does a guy's motivation, like Marcus Freeman, stay around? Now oh, he's he's a, he's a high, he's a motivated individual. But after year two, knowing that, listen, you're not going to get the coaches you want. He might be frustrated a little bit, maybe. But but when them but if the but if that record starts resulting in nine and ten and eight win seasons, mm-hmm. what are you going to do,
1: man? PanDuel has us at eight and a half wins left. You're putting your money hey. up, up. Eight and a half left.
3: They toes, got Colorado winning six.
1: <laughs> eight and a half. They, they had Notre Dame at eight and a half last year. So basically, they basically, FanDuel is looking at Sam Hartman saying, That don't, yeah, mean, I no better. That don't mean a darn thing. No. No. Sam, Sam Hartman mean, doesn't mean a darn thing. It didn't
3: make us one game better. And at we all. said that though. At all. We said that. We said he doesn't make us one game better unless he fits into what we're trying to do better. So Sam Harton becomes neutralized once Tommy gets leaves the place. Tommy was gonna unlock more potential out of Sam than what Sam was getting at Wake Forest. Because if it wasn't for Tommy do wasn't for Tommy trying to do that, Sam might as well just stay. He was the winningest and most successful quarterback in Wake Forest in a long time. Got to believe it. I'm so, not telling you to
1: gamble your money, but I, I would put 20 down on the over. Because basically what they're saying is we're losing to Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. That's basically what they're saying. And then we're going to lose one more to a team we should gonna lose
3: are going to lose one more to some.
1: Right. We got another Stanford in this. That's, they, like, you, that's what they're saying. They got another Stanford and Marshall. Ooh, I hope having that's they, they got two more. They have two more in them. That's what they believe. That's what they believe. <laughs> Vegas is telling you something with these win totals. <laughs> They're like,
3: yeah. They got the another Stanford on Marshall. In case then we should start Tyler Buckner <laughs> and have Kenny Minchy ready to go by November. If we just yeah. going to win eight games and get the, because get, that means if we win eight games, that means Tyler should transfer. Kenny Minchy should be playing or Steve mm-hmm. Angeli should be in the mix or something, or gone too. Yeah. Because that ain't making no sense now. If we didn't get one game better, we had all these transfers and rehires. and Man. And they're like, it didn't make no difference, Notre Dame. Y'all still an eight-win team.
1: (laughs) I was shocked a little bit left. The numbers, heights, and weights for the early enrollees came out. Kenny Mitchell is bigger than I thought he was. No, he's big. I told you that he was. He bigger than Dante. Yeah, he's like six. He's like six two, six one five. A with shoes on, two hundred fifteen pounds.
3: Like he's he's like wider than. I'm like, oh, you. Yeah. you know, he's probably up. gonna
1: get up to two twenty easy.
3: He looks like a. Like his hair was so big at the time, so it it was it was maybe you know he's got a cut, so it looks a little different. But yeah, he really a solid a solid dude.
4: Yeah,
3: like I wouldn't say he's a, a Anthony Richardson, but the man got size on him. like a I wouldn't say a Rafa's burger. Mm-hmm. What's a step under Rafa's like a like a Jacoby brissett? The man built like a Jacoby brissett, just a real. Stature guy, you know. Nah. Not a freak athlete or nothing, you know. He yeah. ain't a Tyrod Taylor where he got the eight pack and all that. But he ain't, you can't just push, he like a, not a Jason Campbell. You know, Jason Campbell was big.
1: So let me now. This is where, and we are efforting to get this on Friday. On Friday, we're Friday. We're trying this, but we're putting it out there, and I'm setting this up because left. This is special. Well, I think I've told you this before, but this is special. Um, Notre Dame means a lot to Kenny Mitchell. That's one of the reasons why he decommitted from Pitt. And we're efforting to get his parents on the show Friday to kind of talk about it. Uh, his first game ever was the 2014 Music City Ball. <laughs> nice. That was his, that was his first, Notre, first Notre Dame game ever.
3: That's right. And guess who the starting quarterback is? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm a Kenny fan now for real. I might get a jersey.
1: Guess, guess Well, if you get a jersey, you will be wearing your own jersey because Kenny Minchie is wearing number eight.
2: Let's
4: go! Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Left. Yes, sir. You were, you were, you were Kenny Mitchell's first Notre Dame quarterback. His mom has told us the story offline. That was the first game they went to. You were the starting quarterback, and you were the first Notre Dame quarterback that he fell in love with. He chose number eight. Look at that. He chose to rock number eight at Notre Dame. Left. That's, That's what's
3: up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Left. I'm about to tweet. I'm a Kenny Minchie fan. He needs to start day one. He start pushing that name <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Getting get a Will Fuller now. Jane Greyhouse turned into a wheel for him, man. You are gonna be so on point. We we knew the story, and
1: we tried to get him on. His mom tried def- desperately to get him on the show. But the schedule was crazy right before he went down to the U.S. Uh, hey, Army All American game. Let
3: him do his thing, no, let him cook. What they say but
1: let him cook. She told us the story offline, and she was like, yo, she said, when they saw that you did his film breakdown and posted it, she retweeted. Remember, she was one of the first people <laughs> to retweet it. it.
4: And he was committed it.
1: to Pitt. Yeah. She retweeted it. And sent it to him. And she said it made him extreme man. He was just like, oh man, Malik did my film breakdown. Man, look.
3: Hey man, that's real, man. Look that look was yo, look, and the fact that he chose eight,
1: everything's come full circle.
3: Everything comes full circle. Now it's we gotta amazing. win.
1: Now we gonna win the championship. For sure. That's that's dope. That's that's dope. I do I was, I was proud to like be part of and like have her tell us the story man absolutely amazing even if we can get them to come on for like five minutes to talk about it on hey, that's,
3: oh man that's crazy because if that reverberates to a championship <laughs> you the man you the man i'm going to the game we're gonna wear the same we're gonna hey, take it and all that hey
1: if he, if he leads Notre Dame to a championship, he will cover all your sins, bro. we Your apology is – we already accepted your apology, but your sins will be forgiven. <laughs> he'll, for the make right. he'll make it right.
3: right, for sure. He'll, he'll <laughs> put the right. number in a good frame of mind. That thing will be hanging up in the rafters because of him. man. Right. shout-out Kitty Minchie, man.
1: Thanks. He'll make Sam, it happen. Sam Hartman wears 10. Uh, Javante John-Baptiste wears number one. He comes in at 6'4 and a half, 246.
3: Man, he he's wearing number one. 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 Braylon James,
1: he's six two and one eighth at 180. Rico Flores is six feet one and an eighth at one ninety-seven. Jaden yeah, Greyhouse.
3: Jaden Greyhouse
1: wears 19.
3: Oh, that's an ugly number.
1: And he's 6'1, 208. Oh, I think he wore that in high school, or did he wear 81? I'm not sure.
3: Is uh so when's the last time somebody wore one? Highlight like. Greg Bryant. Oh, that's right. But I'm trying to think. I think it was Greg Bryant. Yeah, Greg may be in the last one. I can't think of a. Is it? Do we have a thing with number one or no? I'm not sure. Number one. Who's worn number
1: one since Greg Bryant? I'm not sure. I don't think anyone has left. Dang. The the freshman, Devin Houston, comes in at 6'4", 282. He's wearing 98. 282? 282. He's playing. He's playing this year. He's playing next year because he's 282. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, he got
1: it. Yeah. Caleb Smith, 6'2", 222. Now, Now, Caleb Smith at wide receiver is 6'2", 222. Drake Bowen, freshman linebacker, is 6'2", 225. (laughs)
3: See, that's why I said Caleb Smith might put that hand in the dirt. You get too big now. No,
1: nah, he's fine. I think he's going to be the big body receiver. Well,
3: that's damn near like uh Jaden Greyhouse. He might be like that in a season. I 225.
1: Quick, he's all, yeah, he's he's 209 now. He'll probably get up to 210, 215. Easy,
3: he might be 220 by the season. If he's not yeah. starting, he might get 225 if he ain't playing a lot just because. This ain't Texas now. You're going to be sitting on your butt a lot <laughs> you ain't running around because you're going to be cold. Christian
1: Gray came in at probably about six feet, five eleven three three and a quarter. It'd be shoes. He'd be six feet. 182. Christian Gray was on the record saying he's trying to get to 190 or that Matt Bayless is trying to get him to 190. So uh, Ben Bennett, 5'11", eighths, 180. Uh, Don Shuler, 5'11", and a half, 190. Preston Center 6'2" he'll wear 25. Jaden Osbury and Preston Zinner 23 and 25 respectively at the linebacker position. Those are strange numbers for linebackers, right? 23 and 25. 25. Yeah, Christian Graves went 29. That's what he's worn.
3: 29? Oh, he had 29. Man, these look, they trying to really create new legacy with these numbers because I ain't grow up wanting 19. I ain't grow up wanting none of them numbers they talking about.
1: Yeah, but, you know, Thomas Harper wore 13 at Oklahoma State. Braylon James wore 14 in high school. Rico Flores wore 17 in high school. Uh, Drake Bowen has his high school number. Christian Gray has his high school number. Caleb Smith wore 80 at Virginia Tech. Devin Houston wore 98 in high school. So, and then Sam Pendleton, that big boy, six one eight, three hundred 300 pounds at offensive line already. That's a big dude. Dang, you
3: 300 going in, guys. Dang. <laughs> that's a big dude. You get only you're only going to get bigger in college, you don't get that's small. a big, dude. Old no guy, a senior year or however long three, four years after in school is saying I'm at my high school weight, so you're only going to add. Well, that's why I'm like Jay and man, you going in at 209.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: you know, naturally, you're gonna eat good, you're gonna work out you going to be 215 for the season. Then by week 10, you're going add 10 more pounds. <laughs> so, and pre- them pregame meals be good.
1: <laughs> so it's dope. The, the the legacy of eight continues, baby, at Notre Dame.
3: And shout out Kenny Minchie, man. That's some, that's huge love, man. I hope you go undefeated, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> retire, that, <laughs> retire that eight jersey the right way.
1: Like a lefty podcast. Once again, we want to say congratulations to Mike Bray, who uh, played, coached his last regular season game in Notre Dame. I think they have the ACC tournament coming up this weekend.
3: You got us a chance to make a run? No.
1: <laughs> no. They can pack. They don't, man. They can come back in their uniforms that night. They don't even have to pack.
3: <laughs> no. All right. Come on. He He's a better coach than that. No.
1: No, I heard the celebration was amazing. Uh, he went to the bar and celebrated with people after, you know, after the game. They ended and they beat Pitt. He really was is the number one seed in the football. ACC. So, it is what it is. Shout out to uh,
3: the women's basketball they
1: won the team. You know, they won the first game, but being Louisville three times, Louisville was hot, shooting the rock. And they, you know, they may have their best players. So Olivia Miles getting healthy for the tournament is the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Tell you Olivia me. Miles getting healthy. Don't and let me, me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't let I me enter
3: the championship. I think they
1: found something with two, with two playmakers and two ball handlers now, bro.
3: Where? Think,
1: with, with Olivia Miles being hurt? Yeah, I think
4: think they found something I definitely think they found
1: something bro it is
3: it's looking good with Olivia Miles coming back off injury she's in line with another another great point guard lineage through Man. Notre Dame. just a straight baller can do it all
1: Sonya Centrone bro the sophomore, came alive. She came alive without Olivia Miles. And if they can find balance between her and Olivia with the ball handling, Notre Dame can make a nice little run.
3: I mean, yeah. shoot. And then they
1: they, they lost May 3 as well.
3: You got to run into that machine and Don yeah. Staley down there. They undefeated going into the tournament.
1: Yeah, I try. To, people try to downplay Don Staley. I'm like, yo, she's the next Geno. She's the next. She's the next Geno in the game. And remember, we had the debate. I'm like, dude, climbing that mountain. It's not about to be easy. That's not about to be easy.
3: What the for, for for who?
1: For who up? El- who up, dude? Who- Every woman's program.
3: Mia what's up? Yeah, but she that's not gonna easy. be easy. That one is not going to be easy. It's not good, but she's a lot closer to it than a lot of people start. have you seen? Have you seen South Carolina's front line? No, they're nice. Oh, oh, no, hold no, on. Okay, Ooh, then. South front line. Shout out, hold on, nice. shout out Zach Cook. She's from Ohio, and she's holding it down. she's holding it down. Holding it down.
1: All I'm saying is, until Niall recruits that front line, <laughs> like Don is recruiting, because they both have good guards. They so both game got- has guards. South Carolina has guards. The They're difference true. is that front line.
3: Yeah, yeah, that that what's it? What's it? Twenty three with the with the pink hair or something. Yeah,
1: she's nice. She's
3: yeah. nice. That front line is the difference. So hey,
1: we'll see. Lucky Lefty podcast. Thank you everybody that's get, uh, the show.
3: One, what's her name? One Asia Wilson. We just need yeah. an Asia Wilson. Yeah, we straight. We
1: straight. Yeah. We had a great show today. We talked about losing. Um. Our special teams coach, man, that really made. <laughs>
3: we, we talked about him too good on the show.
1: Brian Mason. We talked about him too good, man. We're going to miss Coach Mace. The search is on. Uh, we have some candidates. Uh, Marty Biagi, I think he was coaching Notre Dame before, and some other guys doing interviews. And hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll have our new coach for special teams. But salute to Brian Mason and continued success to him as he goes to the NFL with Indianapolis Colts. Also, Chris Watt takes a job with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Man. So,
3: so if we got all these yo, high coaches, how are we winning eight games? Let's talk about that. Man. Every coach is trying to get hollered at by everybody else, and Vegas is giving us eight? Come on, man.
1: Yo, we talk win totals. We talked about the NFL combine. We talked about the early enrollees and transfers and the numbers, heights, and weights. And then we talked about the fan base, athletics versus academics, at Notre Dame. So it's a great show, absolutely amazing show today. LL Nation, it's because of you guys that we continue to spin it differently. Left. This is a funny thing. I watched The Last Dance for like the thirtieth time. <laughs> It's just certain episodes I watch left.
3: Chicago's greatest story.
1: Like episodes seven and eight just does something for me, right? Yeah. Marcus Freeman, to me, in the midst of all of this, is like Michael Jordan after B.J. Armstrong Armstrong beat him in game two. And he was in the locker room with the bat. And everybody was like, you're worried? And he's smoking a cigar like. Yeah. It's one game, dog. Everybody can talk ish when you up six points. But it take a real dude to talk ish when you down or when you tied. Yeah. And he was just unbothered. Unbothered. Like, you looking at him like it's a 1-1 series. And everybody's like, yo, Mike. He's like, man, I'm not worried about these dudes. We know what to do. And honestly, that's the type of head coach I think we have. Like, regardless of what's going on around him, losing coaches, the outlook may be a little crazy. I think you have a head coach. I can see a Marcus Freeman doing it a little bit different. Had a cigar. I don't think he has the bat, but he's sipping on some Manorah whiskey.
3: Yeah. And, and he's and- in his
1: office with a nice cigar. Little more that, that a
3: whiskey. that a Enora, is speaking to him. Yeah. because that's one of the, the features of a nor whiskey when you when you when you about two or three fingers in mm-hmm. it starts speaking to him. it's like that inner voice that gets louder and louder and it starts right. Telling the right advice
1: that's the good inner voice
3: right it's that good inner voice that's okay. telling you listen, take a little bit more and it is annoying i'm gonna unlock the secrets to you next season so i i trust that marcus freeman has gotten the right Advice from himself in that bottle. Shout out to Noah. <laughs> you know what time it
1: is. Petticoat,
0: Pettic, Pettic, Petticot, Pettic, Pettic, Junction.
1: Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWiskey.com. That premium American Whiskey, NoraWiskey.com. Hey man, you do. <laughs> Look, it's all about John ja Morant today, bro. It's all about John ja Morant. <laughs> yeah, Some man. Hate money. Some people just hate money. God, you got 250 mil
4: waiting on you starting next year. Look, man,
1: Every Jalen Rose, in my opinion, flat out, if you want to hear someone explain and relate to John Morant, Jalen Rose did it best on NBA countdown on Friday night when he started off by saying, I am John Morant. Like, I, I was that dude.
3: Jalen never got two hundred million.
1: <laughs> no, he did not. But he was like, I was that dude with the microwave on my hip. I had that heater, and coming from Detroit, I had my guys around me.
3: But he wouldn't put it on social media. No, that's well, the. that was
1: no, but see, there was no social media like that back. Then.
3: But but just from even during that time you're not telling people about the stuff that you're doing that may not be the best. So it's just like, I think the telling on yourself generation is a, is a weird paradigm we're living in. Yeah. Because usually is. when a kid does something bad, you want to hide, and now they do something bad, or not even bad, but they do something that they know is not looked great upon, and they put it on Instagram. You don't yeah. even have private investigators no more because they tell on them themselves. It's crazy.
1: You're right. They don't even have to hire investigators, even though though the NBA has investigators following just about everybody.
3: And and they're like, man, we're going out of business. They done done got more info on themselves than I could ever get. Come on, man. Because why would you – okay, if you're in another city and you're brandishing a gun, they're going to think it's your gun, which means you took it on your team plane. Why would you tell on yourself – that's so stupid.
1: I told you <laughs> when he went up to the mall, I said something's wrong.
3: The mall thing was crazy. Okay, the mall thing was crazy.
1: that I'm like, okay, first of all, why is your mother at the finish line <laughs> yeah. in the mall? You're we a millionaire. Got your
3: own sneakers.
1: dude they, they, dude, I'm sure they get boxes every week every week. I'm sure Nike is shipping boxes to the entire family. His sister is a hooper. She's cold. She's rocking his shoes every game. But the mother has to go to the finish line? For what? Socks?
3: Man, listen. Headbands? What? It's 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 the same as when they say, you can't give all of us 300,000 as reparations because we don't know what to do with it. He would go to the finish line. <laughs> We wouldn't take the 300000 and not all of us. I'm saying as a majority. And do something good. We're going to go to finish line. So it's no surprise that John Morant and his mama are going to finish line when he got $200 million sitting there. It's no, of course. Of course. What do you mean?
1: My prayers. Seriously. My fervent prayer. As that a light goes on this young man, he he sees what's at stake. Like that's my fervent prayer for this young man that he genuinely sees what's at stake for him. So get everybody else around you. You. You because unfortunately, everybody else is depending on you. And I can't speak, I mean, I can't speak to, I mean, I'm the head of a family. So I know, but I get support, great support from my wife. So I know, I know feeling the accountability of being the head of something. But to, to that extent, trying to pull everybody up and everybody's looking at you and everybody has their hand out. Like I said, my prayers go out to them, man. They I hope like those up.
3: 23 years old with all that decision making, at 23, to at make it bro, 12 years
1: a year. At 23, I would have become the bougiest dude you have ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I grew up in the wild, in the wild hundreds on the South side. Yeah, yeah. I would have become the bougiest dude you have ever seen in your life. They wouldn't have I, I, would do, the I would have been rolling down windows offering great poupon. <laughs> I'm a man.
3: Where would you have lived at? You wouldn't have lived over where you was at? You would have moved somewhere?
1: You talking about if I still, if I played in Chicago?
3: 23, 23. You got John Moran contract. No, you no, no. Contract. If I'm 23
1: and I don't have a family yet, I'm definitely living in a high rise downtown. <laughs> In Chicago. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. High
3: rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up.
1: High rise. Downtown. Right? Did I get a family? I'm probably moving to like the northwest suburbs, western suburbs.
3: So you're not hanging out with yes. your art garage and your boys and all that? You're not going to be brandishing a weapon at, at the. No, at the- I mean, but I, I can relate.
1: True story. True story. One of my dearest fans. One of my dearest friends growing up was a hustler, was a hustler. When I graduated, moved back, got engaged, I would go chill with him at his crib and never thought anything of it. We we knee high. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is my guy. And I found out that my daughter was on the way. And I was sitting in his crib one day. And it hit me, and I said, "I do. I can't be here." Yeah, I just can't. You started.
3: I "Comfortable." I just can't even. be Yeah,
1: because if it was just myself, first of all, I shouldn't be here anyway, honestly. But you like, I got me, right? I got me. But now that I have to think, I'm thinking about my daughter. Like, no, I, it's too much on the line now. Yeah, and we had an honest conversation, and he was like, "Cool." He was like, "I get it." Cause anything, man, anything yeah. can happen. Somebody could come real in real, trying real, to rob. Real. Somebody could come in trying to rob, or police could bust in. Like any, anything, it's mm-hmm. like, man, look, it's not worth it. So I mean, look, hopefully he gets
3: his life together. But it's stuff like this. Is like he take a couple of days off and then what? You don't change overnight. No. So I just think that. He's just in those positions to where he's got to – I don't even know if it's putting himself around good people because I think a lot of it is just him. Yeah. I really think if he stopped listening to NBA Youngboy for just a week, I think mentally he can get back <laughs> to – This,
1: this the is facts.
3: music thing has a lot to do
1: with it. Brandon Gilbert's the suburb, suburb dudes are the first ones to try and look hard. And
3: what's the connection to it? That's facts. Music. Suburb kids would never know how to act if it wasn't for the music that they are dying to listen. John That's, a That's a great point. It's a great point, Young Le. Boy. Great point. He? I mean, he—you would think he's in the game. He act like he in the game. That's a great point, Love. If a he didn't point. listen to NBA Young Boy for two weeks, mm-hmm. I promise you, he'd be a different man. Because if it's if it's not for that, he talk just like the dude. Mm-hmm. That's a great
1: point, love. That's a great point.
3: it not change his whole perspective. If he just, if a young boy called him and said, look, bro, just stop listening to much sh- for, yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. And I'll come, I'll come hang out with you personally. Yeah. yeah. Just, my music is influencing you way too much. It's way too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great Monday. But most of all, make sure that you spin it different. We'll We'll hop.